Saturday nights, we come to prayer, and we just give an hour to the Lord to uh, commit ourselves to communicating with him. And that's one of the things that I spoke with my son about last night is prayer is very important and crucial in our lives. It is our communication with the Lord. And imagine living in a house with your family and nobody spoke to each other ever, not one word. Would that show that you guys cared about one another or that you just didn't care about each other? It would be of no concern. So we want to get up in the morning, give our first fruits to the Lord, and, and pray to him. And I appreciate the youth promoting that, endorsing it, and speaking it. And uh, that was for free, so we'll get, like Rodney says, uh, let's get into the message. This is the first time I've spoken in this building, um, so I am a little nervous, but we'll get through it by the grace of the Lord. Uh, this would be called, uh, Don't Be Consumed. And if you could pull up 1 Peter 5.8, that's going to be our main scripture tonight. 1 Peter 5.8. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. It says, be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Uh, last year, we all know 2020 was a crazy year. Uh, it was just a roller coaster ride, and we're going into 2021, uh, seeing things maybe get worse, get a little bit better. But it was a really bad year for me to decide to get into guns. Really bad year. It took me about three months to uh, purchase a firearm, and I've still been looking for ammo for about eight months. I have a little bit of ammo, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But Something that I've always been into is self-defense. I, I did grappling, jujitsu for a few years, and I know a lot of people around here are, are wrestlers. Rodney was a great wrestler. I enjoyed watching him through the years. A lot of little guys came up here wrestling. My son wrestled a little bit. And I've really been into learning self-defense and getting into firearms. I, I'm learning about fire safety and just being aware of my surroundings, be, uh, knowing what's going on. A few things, never letting your guard down, uh, expect the unexpected, and train for the worst is some of the things that I notice are a theme throughout the, the videos that I watch online. Um, this is a worldly type of self-defense, but it aligns exactly with our walk with the Lord. The verse says right here, be sober, be well-balanced, self-disciplined, and be alert, always, because we have a true enemy out there that wants to take us out. We can't let, we can't let our guard down. We need to be aware of what's going on. We need to be in God's word. We need to be prepared every day. We need to be the light, and we need to put on the armor of God daily. In Matthew 10, 16, it says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. And Jesus is talking to the disciples here. He says, Be ye therefore wise as serpents and innocent as doves. The Lord doesn't send us out unprepared into the world. He doesn't say, just go out and, and go wherever you want in the world and, and just kind of wander and whatever happens, happens. He, he teaches them. He prayed for them always. And he let them know to be ready for what the world is going to throw at them. He didn't just send them out unprepared. And another thing it says in there is sheep amongst wolves. And how long does a sheep last among a wolf without protection? It doesn't last because a sheep is the wolf's prey. The wolf is a predator, always looking to devour that sheep. 
And the Lord is our protector. He is our guide, and he holds, holds us all together. So he, he tells his disciples in this verse to be smart, to be ready, to be prepared for whatever the world has to offer, to stay away from the evil of the world, and to be innocent of it. There's a difference of being innocent and being ignorant of it. We don't just walk out there and walk into a bad spot, put ourselves in bad positions, and just act like nothing's going to happen because we're not ignorant. We're to be innocent of the evil of the world, not just put ourselves right in the middle of it. And if we're not preparing ourselves every day for the battle that is going to happen in the world, then we will be consumed by it. Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As believers, we need to be diligent every single day to keep God's word, resist the flesh, and pursue righteousness. One of the biggest lessons I learned from 2020, and I'm sure a lot of people around here learned, Rodney spoke on it, is I don't rely on on the world systems. I rely on the Lord. But there was a little bit of hope last November that maybe some things would continue to progress in the right direction for our nation. And we all know that that system completely failed us. And that was something that that kind of hurt me a little bit. It made me angry. It it kind of dragged me down. And you can kind of get caught up in complaining and what's going to happen. And but we don't put our, put our hope in, in the leaders on this earth, in government positions. Uh, it's, it's just something that I learned that is, is not even worth to, uh, I put so much time and effort listening to political commentary and getting caught up in, in this side and that side and the division, but I just need to be focused on the Lord, and that's what we all need to do every day. And... In Luke 10:19 it says, "Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you." We know that the world, the enemy and your flesh will consume you if it goes unchecked. Our flesh is at enmity with the spirit of the Lord in us. Our flesh is always wanting to do one thing, pulling us in the opposite direction of what the Lord wants us to do in our life. The Lord wants us to stay the course, be firm, stay on his foundation, and be true to his word. And hold fast, be patient, wait on the Lord. We hear these things over and over again. And our flesh is constantly being pulled by the things of this world and everything that it has to offer all the time. The next big thing. The world and its pleasures offer constant temptations and the enemy wants us to fail. There's so many different things that people fall into. We've seen family members, friends, coworkers throughout our whole life fall, fall into so many things, alcoholism, drug addiction, gambling. And I just believe that entertainment, comfort, ease, and laziness, especially in American culture, is a big thing that can destroy a life. I mean, there's so many different forms of entertainment in our society, be it music, movies, video games, whatever it is. It could be whatever your hobby is. If you do too much of it, it it will consume your time and energy that you should be giving to the Lord, that you should be preparing yourselves for the battle so that you don't fall weak in a certain area of your life. Amen? Page two. It's been about two years since I've spoken, so each page is about two minutes, so I have a six-minute message, possibly. (laughs) 
As a believer, we'll never be beyond uh, these things, the things that the world tempts us to do. With Christ, our whole life, there is never a point where we can say we're immune to the things of this world. We're never going to be able to walk into a casino and say, well, I can take $20 in here and, and no big deal. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out to dinner with my coworkers, and if there's drinking, it's, it's no big deal. I'm not going to drink. Nothing's going to happen. Um, it's just something that we can't allow ourselves to get into. And when I was young, a lot of you don't, don't uh, know about this, don't know this about me. My son probably doesn't know too much about this because I don't like to talk about it, but I did have a battle with alcohol when I was younger. Uh, it was always up and down. My mother was an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic. I never knew him, um, but my wife's parents were alcoholics. We both grew up and saw the destruction that alcoholism can do, and I always grew up saying, I'm never going to drink. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. But that was something that I told myself in the flesh. And we know how far you can get if you promise yourself something in the flesh. It's just going to fail. In our flesh, we always fail. And so the battle was always, is drinking alcohol okay? Is it not okay? Can I just drink a little bit? No, I, I'd always drink a lot. I wasn't like a raging alcoholic or anything like that, but I did have issue with alcohol. And the previous church that I went to, it made it even harder because, not to degrade or anybody there, but the pastor said he didn't drink because that was his belief, but it wasn't the foundation of the church. There were elders in the church that we would have men's camps, and we would go out and, and uh, just have the, have the word taught to us, and then, you know, the next weekend we might go to a barbecue at somebody's house, and people would be drinking beer. So as a young person at 21 years old, I'm trying to be grounded in the Lord and trying to deal with this issue with alcohol. And it was, it was a roller coaster ride because, okay, these guys, I see they're good men and it's okay for them. So it was just a struggle over and over and over and over again. And I had anger issues and alcohol didn't help that. And Jennifer knows this. And I didn't want, be, didn't want to be an example to anybody else because I wanted to get involved in youth group, and I didn't want anybody from youth group seeing me go into the bars or wherever and, and having to explain that. Well, why, why are you doing this, but you're saying it, it's wrong? And it wasn't until, you know, I started hanging out with Chris and Roderick and then coming here and hearing an established word and a firm foundation and a firm answer. It's been about... 15, 16 years since I've had any alcohol at all. And it's been a blessing because it's something where it's not that it's just erased from you. It's the Lord replaces that. You are going to have a desire for me and not have a desire for the things of this world. And it just completely goes away because I go, I love you, Lord, and I'm committing myself to you. I don't want this distraction, this destruction. I don't want to raise my kids in this environment. I don't want to be an example to others. I don't want to have a brother fail because of this. I want to be committed to you in this area and stay true. There's no, there's no balance with the world and God's kingdom. You know, you can't sit at the table of the enemy and the Lord and serve both masters. You have one master, and my master is Jesus. Amen? So the trouble was I walked away from the foundation of the Lord when I was having trouble with alcohol. I wasn't preparing myself for battle, and I was consumed with those worldly passions. When you get consumed with worldly passions, you will take others down with you. 
So be aware. Know who you are in the Lord. Amen? It says in 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is always passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. And we are all in different stages of our life. We are all in different areas of our walk with the Lord. But we're all in the flesh until we pass away. We're in this flesh our entire life. Those same temptations affect us all. Pride, lust, envy, whatever it is, it's going to affect us all. But we have to be here together and be accountable to each other in it. And the next verse, right after our main verse in 1 Peter 5, 9, it says, Resist him, that is the devil, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Everyone all over the world, no matter what the culture, are going through similar issues, the same attacks from the enemy, the same attacks on the flesh, the same temptations, no matter how old or young you are. We're, none of us are immune, and we need to be there for each other. Every believer is being tempted, going through the same trials and sufferings alike, and it's crucial, crucial that we're accountable to another, and we do not forsake the assembly of the brethren and that we stay the course. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when another is not there to lift him up. And I'm thankful for the brothers that we have in this church. We hold each other up, we hold each other accountable, and we're there for one, one another. And it's amazing to have this group, not only just brothers in Christ, but friends and elders that I can look up to that counsel me and help me through things that are there for me when I'm going through a hard time with whatever situation I can come to them at any moment even in the middle of the night uh, early in the morning they'll drop anything to come and help out a brother or sister in the Lord and it is a tremendous blessing to have this body so don't get comfortable in the world don't let your faith go stagnant. The world is not a safe place. It is wild, chaotic, and unpredictable. And I love the Lord because he has an order to things. He's pure. He's holy. And he is peace. Because what peace can this world offer that lasts? Nothing. Everything has to be filled over and over and over. Anything that the world has to offer empties out and needs to be filled again. But Jesus said, I am the living water, and when you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. He will fill you to fullness every single day. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. And we've heard this spoken so much. Know who you are in Christ. Who do you identify with? Do you identify with something in the world? What they're telling you you should be, how you should dress, how you should act, what you should listen to, how you should speak? We need to identify with Christ and know who we are. 
A reprobate is somebody who is morally corrupt, who is depraved. I don't want to be that. I want to know who I am in the Lord. I want to be firm and unshakable. No matter what anybody does, no matter what's going on around me, I will stay in Christ. Amen? And I wanted to parallel this to a story, uh, a tragic event that happened in 2003. Has anybody ever heard of the name Tim Treadwell? Nobody? I probably, I figured nobody would. Has anybody ever heard of the Grizzly Man? Familiar? Well, I'm going to read a little bit of a story that I got from an article online. So, for 13 summers, Timothy Treadwell fled California for the wilds of Alaska, where he set his camp among some of the largest and most numerous brown bears left in North America. Treadwell gained national celebrity status after his appearance February 20, 2001, on the David Letterman Show, promoting his 1997 book, Among Grizzlies, Living with Wild Bears in Alaska. Along with his close-up photographs and video footage, often showing him within arm's reach of large brown bears or creeping on all fours towards a sow and her three cubs, talking in a soft-like or soft-childlike sing-song voice. Uh, this man uh, was crazy in my eyes to go camp with grizzly bears, but he, he put himself in a world that he wasn't able to control. It was chaotic. It was unpredictable, just like the world. Uh, he, he, wanted, he was so in love with animals, and he was an environmentalist and everything. He, he just thought that nothing was going to happen to him. For 13 years, he did this. So he did this at a place called Katmai National Park. And in the 85-year history of the park, no visitor had ever been attacked or killed by a grizzly in 85 years. One of the things that uh, weren't allowed there were firearms. Uh, bear spray is allowed. However, after a few years, Timothy stopped carrying bear spray. Uh, another mistake right there is he, is he gave up one of his necessary tools that he would have needed to defend himself. Uh, and he often established his camp right on bear trails. If you've ever seen any kind of nature show, if you've ever hunted, you know that a bear trail is, is a path that's been worn down by a bear that goes back and forth, and he's going to always be going back there and, and uh, you know, prowling his territory. And he would camp himself right in these intersecting trails, and during the last season, he had camouflaged his camp in the grizzly maze, uh, which was something that the Park Service didn't want him to do. So he did this because a new rule was imposed by the Park Service, which requir required everyone to move their camp at least one mile every five days. So he was basically doing everything to put himself in a bad position. And what do you think happened to him? You guys, most of you know the story of what happened to him and his girlfriend. They ended up being consumed by a grizzly bear because they, they put themselves out there in the world thinking that nothing was going to happen to them without any tool, without any defense, without listening to the counsel of professionals that said, you don't need to do this. You shouldn't be doing this. It, so the remains of... Timothy Treadwell, who was 46 years old, and his girlfriend, Amy Huguenard, who was 37, were found on October 6, in 2003, in that national park in Alaska. 
And there's a movie called Grizzly Man that details these events, uh, uses clips because he recorded everything. There were times where bears were aggressive towards him because he would try to get so close. But it, for 13 years he did this. It shows a tremendous tolerance for the bears of humans. But it was just a, a bad place for him to be in. And uh, just a little side note, I know Tommy did this. He got a 40 caliber pistol to defend himself against bears because he did encounter a bear when he was hunting. But when the three rangers showed up there with a pilot that was supposed to pick them up and they saw that it did not look good and there was a bear stalking them when they were going up to the encampment. One ranger was armed with a 40 caliber pistol, two rangers with 12 gauge shotguns. It took 11 shots from a 40 caliber pistol and five shots each from a 12 gauge, which took the bear down 12 feet away from them, and it still lived for 10 seconds after that. A thousand pound bear. So I'm just saying, when you're out, when you're out there in the wilderness and you're hunting, you probably want a little bit more than that 40 caliber pistol, Tommy. <laughs> but I just wanted to take this story and relate it to the issue of being in the world and putting yourself in dangerous situations. The world is dangerous. And as a believer, we can't just walk out there and be ignorant and think that nothing is going to happen to us and, and just walk away, especially young people. You need to be established in your faith. And if you think, okay, it's, it's all right, it doesn't matter how much worldly music I listen to, what, what I'm watching, no matter what, who I'm hanging out with, where I'm going, it it will eventually consume you. If it takes 13 years, one year, one day, it doesn't matter. It will happen. And this man, he thought he could live in the world of 1,000-pound bears and not suffer any consequences. He forsook expert advice, disregarded his safety and the safety of others. He did not prepare for the worst and didn't have the necessary tools to defend himself. And in the end, he was literally consumed by the bears. In the movie, it has six minutes of audio of, of what happened, and it was a terrible situation. He did not pass swiftly, and neither did his girlfriend. Terrible situation to put yourself in. Dangerous, and it's dangerous for us as believers to put ourselves in that situation. So the main scripture of this message tonight is to stay sober and alert. We must be in the world, but not of it. We need to remember every day not to forsake the advice of our elders and our counselors, and the preaching that we hear, to take it to heart, to live it every day, and stay in prayer daily, and stay in his word. Always be ready for battle, always putting on the armor of the Lord. We can't ever let our guard down. I've been working in the same warehouse for 22 years with some of the same people who have had multiple relationships and just up and down in the world, and it's, it's something where you have to continue to stay consistent because if you waver in any way, those same people that I work with will take notice. And it, it won't be the light to them anymore. It'll just be a joke. We all know what happened who, to the big-name preacher who passed, who Pastor Rodney and Pastor spoke about. He did all these things that looked great but was living a complete double life, just complete wickedness. So we as believers have to make sure we're always being the example and we need to desire the fellowship of the brethren, not avoid it. Love the Lord your God and give him your first fruits every day. You've been given 
the ability to work, the ability to get up, whether you're retired or you're young, you're a small child, it doesn't matter. You're able to get up and take a few moments at the beginning of the day to give glory to the Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the breath that I have in my lungs. Thank you that I'm able to do what I need to do this day, that I would bless you, Lord. And in closing, my final scripture is James 1.27. It says, Pure and undefiled religion before God is this, to visit widows and orphans in their trouble and to keep yourself unspotted from the world, to be untainted, to be untouched by the world. We need to be out there in the world, but not of it, because we are in God's kingdom. Amen? That's the word I had tonight.